The Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 14, from 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowd followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a crowd, he had compassion on them and healed those who were ill. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, Bring them here to me, he said. And he told the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. I'm now going to invite Jennifer, who is going to come and uh, bring God's word to us. I'll just pray for you before you start. Your notes. As Ogay was praying there, um, I thought how appropriate this um, miracle is because God uses, Jesus can feed the poor um, and he uses us to do it. Um, he gives the food and multiplies it to the disciples and they distribute mm -hmm. it so yeah, just think about that. Um, that's not in my sermon this morning, but it just was... <coughs> that's great. Lord, we thank me. you for Jennifer. We thank you, Lord, that she is full of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we pray that you will give it her it, the Holy Spirit to overflowing as she thank brings you. God's word to us, and may it speak to our hearts and transform our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, I'm going to move these before I knock them off. So this morning we're starting a new series, uh, Meeting the Miracle Worker. Um, su su surprise, surprise, it's going to be about Jesus. And um, we're going to be looking at some of the miracles that Jesus did and what they mean to us, um, what they teach us for living life today. This miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, is recorded in all four Gospels. It's the only one other than the resurrection of Jesus that's recorded in all four. 
So I think there must be some sort of significance about it for all four to have recorded it. So we're going to begin at verse 13. Jesus went by boat to a solitary place. His cousin, John the Baptist, had recently been killed by Herod. So he went to seek some quiet time with his disciples. John's death must have been devastating news for Jesus. The villagers, though, they wanted to see him so much they made their way to this desolate place on foot. We know it was remote because when the disciples started worrying about food for the crowd, there were no shops or villagers nearby, and it was evening. So I, I sort of tried to live this through. I put myself in the position of the villagers. They wanted to be with Jesus to hear what he had to say so much that they were for, willing to forego meals to stay in his presence even into the evening they left their homes and lives to find Jesus the apostle John tells us in his account that the villagers had come to Jesus because he could meet their need he'd, he had healed their sick and they wanted more I found the villagers' belief in Jesus a powerful picture. Do we want to find Jesus so badly we're willing to go out of our way to find him? Do we continue to seek him however long it takes? It was walking pace for the villagers. They didn't get there quickly. We're in a different position now, aren't we? We can rest in Jesus' presence. Thanks to the gift of his Holy Spirit in us, we can speak to him in prayer. We can read of his truth in the Bible, hear his guidance, sing praise, and more at any time of the day. The villagers' willingness to walk, to find Jesus, and to be hungry and thirsty in their need of him begs the question of us. How much do we need Jesus in our lives? I hope the answer is desperately. Without him, we are and we can do nothing. He alone satisfies our spiritual hunger and thirst for abundant life and peace through him both now and for eternity we need to be filled with the spirit's presence regularly the spirit is with us but we need to be filled regularly to be enabled by him we need to walk closely to jesus in obedience and love so what happens when jesus arrives he sees this massive crowd and how does he react? Well, it's a good thing I'm not Jesus. I probably would have thought, typical, just when I wanted some peace and quiet. Have people got no understanding that I need some time? Or something similar. I found Jesus' reaction remarkable. 
and humbling. He is an amazing example, our amazing example, of how to react to people in need, whatever our circumstances. We read in verse 14, he had compassion on them and healed the sick. Doesn't your heart sing then? Jesus had compassion on them. And not only that, he healed their sick. Jesus is still the same today as he was yesterday and forever. I know this personally. You know that Jesus has had compassion on me at least twice in the last two years. He healed me in March 2022 from long COVID, which had restricted my life in all respects for almost two years. At the beginning of this year, he freed me from a gluttony addiction. Both times, I'd come to the end of everything and come forward for prayer. I'm sure that you have times when Jesus has had compassion on you and you've been healed or released from the chains of addiction or poverty. Remember those times. Encourage yourselves during the more difficult times by remembering his love for you. Give thanks for those moments and honour the one who has compassion on you. Jesus' compassion is not a new thing. Remember the verses in Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Hold on to this promise. Remind yourself every morning that the Lord is faithful. And give thanks and glory to him because his compassions never fail. <laughs> And the Lord will provide his compassion and mercy for you every day. So we come to verse 15. I'm not getting through this very quickly. It's walking pace. <laughs> and the disciples have recognized the need of the people. There was no access to food nearby. And they're probably getting a bit hungry themselves. I know I would be. So by now... By now, so they tell Jesus what they think. They offer Jesus their solution. They'll send the crowd away into the villages and, and towns to buy food as it was getting so late. Well, I wonder how often we see the need of the people and decide what the solution is ourselves. Do we ask Jesus for his purpose and will in our problems? I know I don't, sad to say. We analyse the problem, don't we? We calculate the cost. We check our resources and time and how we're going to sort it all out. We think about who we know that can help and ask them. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. After all, teamwork makes the dream work, doesn't it? 
then we tell Jesus what we've decided and we ask him to bless it. Don't we do that? Or is it just me? I was listening to a sermon online and the speaker said, analysis leads to paralysis. That really hit me. I hadn't heard it before, you probably have, but I hadn't. Analysis leads to paralysis. We always ask what we can do when we're faced with the mess and problems of life, don't we? But when we've run out of our own resources, we just end up down a rabbit hole of our own making. Don't we have access to the creator of the universe? The one who flung stars into space? Don't we have free access to the one who has compassion on us? So much that he came down to earth, lived a perfect life, died and rose again from the dead so that we could live in him. Why don't we ask, what does Jesus want to do? It's only when we ask what he can do, then he will offer a far better solution. And it will be the best solution for us because of his love and compassion for us, God's family. He always has our very best interests. That's his heart. So let's look at verse 16. Jesus didn't just do the miracle, did he? First, he involves and includes the disciples in his work. He's continually teaching them. Jesus says, don't send them away. You feed them. I wonder if you're feeling the same as I did, putting myself in the position of the disciples now. I'd be thinking, how on earth can we possibly feed them? They say to Jesus, but we only have five loaves and two fish. In Mark's gospel, they tell Jesus that it would cost about half a year's wages to buy food for everyone. They, like us, are focused on the resources they have and they can't see past the tangible food that's in front of them or the lack of money. The problem is bigger than their solution. But miracles start with a mess. That we don't have the power or the resources to deal with. And let's just think what the disciples had been witness to over the last few hours before they started worrying about food. Jesus had compassion on the crowd and healed them. The disciples had been present as Jesus healed many people, yet they seemed to have taken it all for granted, as if it was commonplace. Why not ask Jesus what he wanted for the crowd? We're like this, aren't we? Jesus has done miracles in our lives and in the lives of others around us. We've seen his work in our families and friends, 
not least through his willingness to take our sins and the death that was due on us, on himself. We've all been provided for supernaturally, miraculously, in so many ways. We've been rescued from sin, from poverty, healed, our chains of sin and addiction have been broken. But just like the disciples, knowing and having experienced the power of Jesus in our lives, do we still try to find our own solutions for following him and doing the works he's called us to do in our own strength, using our own gifts and character? That's what the disciples are doing. And we're no different, at least Again, I'm not. Are we saying to Jesus in the situation we're in right now, but Lord, there's only two fish and five loaves. I don't have enough. The problem we have is bigger than the solution on our own. And as believers in Jesus, we should never judge our problems in the light of our resources. I say that again. The problem we have is bigger than the solution on our own. But we have. We should never, never judge our problems in the light of our resources. In verse 18, we see the wonderful way Jesus partners with his disciples. He does the same today. Here am I speaking his word. You do many other things um, to partner, partnering with Jesus. Jesus invites the disciples to take what they have to him. The five loaves and the two fish. We sometimes focus, like the disciples, on what we don't have. But when we give what we do have to Jesus, it becomes more than enough through his power and will, not through ours. Do we come to Jesus with what we have? Do we come to him in thanks and prayer? Do we ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us as we bring our small human resources to the throne of grace? Jesus invites you now, invites me now, to bring the resources we have, to give thanks for what you have, however small, and he will multiply them and use them to bless you and those around you. He'll perform his will through you. Bring everything you have to him your whole life and lay the life he's given you before him so what happens then real breakthrough comes when we go to Jesus with what we have and he makes it more than enough miracles happen when we pair up with Jesus he miraculously uses what we already have he multiplies it or blesses us 
with gifts and resources that we need so that we can use it for his glory and bring in his kingdom. Heaven touches earth. Verse 19, now Jesus says, everybody sit down. It struck me that Jesus prepares the crowd. They're ready to receive what he's about to give them. Are you ready to receive? Are you expectant for what the Lord will do? How will he feed you? Take in the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. What's the first thing Jesus does before he multiplies the bread? He gives thanks to his heavenly father for the resources that he has. Do we thank God for everything he's given us? Remember 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Jesus is leading the way for his disciples to follow. So then he breaks the bread. Just as a bit of an aside, very short aside. Did you think like me? This is just like Jesus breaking the bread at the Last Supper after he's blessed it, given thanks for it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We've continued with that commandment today. Philip led us by breaking the bread and we received nourishment through the body of Christ in the memory of Jesus' death for us. Back to the miracle. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Jesus gives us food to share with all the people, with those who are looking for him, and to be healed, to find life. Are we sharing the love of Jesus? Have we asked him who we should be sharing it with? We've got an Alpha course coming up, 21st of September, I think. Um, there are little cards, invite cards. Who do you want to share it with? There is room for everyone to eat, to find nourishment and life at the table of Jesus. Without food, we'll die, won't we? He invites you to come and eat. He won't send you away. He asks you to sit down and be ready to receive. Do you know this Jesus? There's room for you. It's not about who you are or whether you're worthy. Just come as you are. He made room and he had compassion on the thousands of people who had come to hear him and find his healing touch. He has room for you in his kingdom. What are your problems? 
What did you come to church with? God has resources to resolve your issues. Do you want Jesus to use you and your resources? Of all the people there, the boy with the loaves and fishes didn't need a miracle. But he was near enough to Jesus for Jesus to use him. The position you're in before God is really important. Put yourself in a position for God to use you. The boy was willing for his resources to be used for God's glory. So accept God's invitation to participate in his kingdom and obey. Unite together with his people. Seek him first. Ask the Holy Spirit to enable you to live your life worthily. Use God's word as encouragement and hold on to his promises. Share his promises. Share the miracles he's done with you. I want to give you this verse before I finish. Again, it's one of those verses that you hear all the time, but it sums up this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. For, in, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. All the sufficiency, all the resources we could ever need are found in Jesus. And better still, his power is made perfect in our weakness. Jesus is glorified when his power is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. Now I've... Um, we'll have a little time I've done a list of points to ponder because I realise there was a lot um, which you can pick up off the table um, the welcome table in the foyer let's just pray Lord Thank you so much for your resources, for everything you've given us, for your love, your humility, your death and resurrection, the way you've shown us to follow, the word you've given us. And we especially thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us, sanctify us and fill us, mould us and use us. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit into our lives.
We ask that you will multiply our resources so that we might bring you glory. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come in this place. We want to see your kingdom come in Pembury, in Ukraine, in Russia, in many other countries, Lord. We want to see you feed people in countries that are in poverty. We want you to see, we want to see you heal people that you might be glorified. So, Lord, we just ask you to come. Enable us to receive. Sit us down, Lord, and let us hear your word. Eat your word. Find nourishment in the bread and the fish. So, Lord, we ask now that you will give people courage to speak if they have something to say that will bring you glory. Lord, give people courage to come forward and have prayer for their needs for whatever miracle it is they need. Lord, may they come forward and have prayer. But Lord, we leave this time open for you to be encouraged by your people and the work you've done in them. We ask it in your name. Amen.